The Zodiac Killer is a pseudonym for an unidentified serial killer who operated in Northern California in the late 1960s. Up until 2021, this was the most famous unsolved murder case in American history. I know it's solved, like, kind of, like, we think we have him, but I still wanted to do it. So here we go. Papers threatening killing sprees and bombings if they were not printed. Some of the letters included cryptograms or ciphers in which the killer claimed he was collecting his victims as slaves for the afterlife. Of the four ciphers he produced, only two have been cracked. Regarding the identity of the killer have been suggested, Arthur Lee Allen, a former elementary school teacher and convicted sex offender who died in 1992. Although the Zodiac ceased written communications around 1974, the unusual nature of the case led to international interest that has sustained throughout the years. The San Francisco Police Department marked the case as inactive in 2004, but it was reopened prior to March 2007. Although the Zodiac claimed in letters to newspapers to have committed 37 murders, investigators agree on seven confirmed victims, two of whom survived. They are David Arthur Fard for a day, 17, and Betty Lou Jensen, 16, shot and killed on December 20th, 1968, on Lake Herman Road within the city limits of Benicia. Michael Renat Magu, 19, and Darlene Elizabeth Farron, 22, shot on July 4th, 1969, in the parking lot of Blue Springs Park in Valheo. Well, Magu survived the attack. Farron was pronounced dead on arrival to Kaiser Foundation Hospital. Brian Calvin Hartnell, 20, and Cecilia Ann Shepard, 22, stabbed on September 27, 1969 at Lake Berisa in Napa County. The Zodiac murdered five known victims in San Francisco Bay Area between December 1989 and October 1969, operating in rural urban and suburban areas. He targeted young couples and a lone male cab driver, and his unknown attacks took place in Bene... something. Val... something. Napa County and San Francisco proper. Two of his murder victims survived. The Zodiac himself claimed to have 37 victims and has been linked to several other cold cases, some in Southern California or outside the state. The Zodiac originated the name himself of a series of taunting letters and cards at about 10.15, Faraday parked his mother's rambler in the, the gravel in the gravel turnout, which was a well-known lover's lane. Shortly after 11 p.m., their bodies were found by Stella Borgs, who lived nearby. The Solano County Sheriff's Department investigated the crime, but no leads developed. Utilizing available forensic data, David Graysmith postulated that another car pulled into the turnout just prior to 11 p.m. and parked beside the couple. The killer may have then exited the second car and walked towards the rambler, possibly ordering the couple out of it. It appeared that Jensen had exited the car first, but when Farnay was halfway out, the killer shot him in the head. The killer then shot Jensen five times in the back as she fled. Her body was found 28 feet from the car. The killer then drove off. Just before midnight, on July 4th, 1969, Darlene Farron and Michael Magoo drove into Blue Ricks Spring Park in Vallow from the Lake Harmon Road site murder and parked. 
While the couple sat in Fernand's car, a second car drove into the lot and parked alongside them, but almost immediately drove away. Returning about 10 minutes later, the second car parked behind them. The driver of the second car then exited the vehicle, approached the passenger side door of Fernand's car, carrying a flashlight and a 9mm. Directed the f- Oh, the killer directed the flashlight into- Magus and Fernand's eyes before shooting at them, firing five times. Both victims were hit, and several bullets passed through Magu and into Fernand. Farron. The killer walked away from the car, but upon hearing Magu's moaning, returned and shot each victim twice more before driving off. On July 5, 1969, at 12.40 a.m., a man phoned the Val the Valho, the police department, to report and claim responsibility for the attack. The killer also took credit for the murders of Jensen and Faraday six and a half months earlier. Police traced the call to a phone booth at a gas station at Springs Road in term located about three-tenths of a mile from Fernand's home and only a few blocks from the Valho de Police Department. Fernand was pronounced dead at the hospital. Magu survived the attack despite being shot in the face, neck, and chest. Magu described his attacker as a 26 to 30-year-old, 195 to 200 pounds, or possibly even more, 5'8 white male with short, light brown curly hair. On August 1st, 1969, three letters prepared by the killer were received at the Valho Times Herald, San Francisco Chronicle, and the San Francisco Examiner. The nearly identical letters, subsequently described by a psychiatrist to have been written by someone you would expect to be brooding and isolated, took credit for the shootings at Lake Herman Road and Blue Rock Springs. Each letter also included one-third of a 408 cryptogram, symbol cryptogram, which the killer claimed contained his identity. The killer demanded they be printed on each paper's front page or he would cruise around all weekend killing lone people in the night and then move on to kill again until i end up with a dozen people over the weekend published its third of the cryptogram on page four of the next day's edition an article printed alongside the code quotes the police chief jack e stilts as saying we were not satisfied that the letter was written by the murderer and requested the writer send another letter with more facts to prove his identity the threatened murders did not happen and all three parts were eventually published on August 7, 1969, another letter was received at the San Francisco Examiner with a salutation. Dear Editor, this is the Zodiac speaking. This was the first time the killer had used this name for identification. The letter was a response to Chief Titles' request for more details that would prove that he had killed Faraday, Jensen, and Fern. Fern and Fern, I don't know. In it, the Zodiac included details about the murders that had not been released to the public, as well as a message to the police that when they crack the code, they will have me. On August 8th, 1969, Donald and Betty Hardin of Salinas, California, cracked the 408 symbol cryptogram. It contained a misspelled message in which the killer seemed to reference the most dangerous game. The author also said that he was collecting slaves for his afterlife. No name appears in the de this decoded text, and the killer said that he would not give his away his identity because it would slow down or stop his slave collection. On September 27th, 1969, Pacific Union College students Brian Hartnell and Cecilia Shepard were picnicking at Lake Berryessa on a small island connected by a sand spit <clears throat> to Twin Oak Ridge. A white man, about 5'11", weighing more than 170 pounds, approached them, wearing a black executioner's type hood, clip-on sunglasses over the eye holes, and a bib-like device on his chest that had a white 3x3 cross-circle symbol over it, on it. He approached them with a gun, which Hardnell believed to be a 45. The hooded killer claimed to have been an escaped convict from a jail with a two-name word in either Colorado or Montana, where he had killed a guard and subsequently stolen a car, explaining that he needed, the, needed their car and money to travel to Mexico because the vehicle he had been driving was too hot. The killer had brought pre-cut length, pre length of plastic clothesline and told Shepard to tie up Hartnell before he tied her up. The killer checked and tightened Hartnell's 
Harnell's bonds after discovering that Shepard had bound Harnell's hands loosely. Harnell initially believed that this was to be a bizarre robbery, but the man drew a knife and stabbed them both repeatedly. Harnell suffering six and Shepard's suffering 10 injuries in the process. The killer then hiked 500 yards back up to Knoxville Road, <clears throat> drew the circle cross symbol on Hartnell's car with a black felt tip pen and wrote Valheo, Val, Val Joe, I don't know. 12, 20, 68, September 27th, 69, 6.30, by knife. At 7.40 p.m., the killer called the Napa Police County Napa County Sheriff's Department for a, from a pay telephone to report this latest crime. The killers first stated to the operator that he wished to report a murder, no, a, a double murder, before stating that he had been the perpetrator of the crime. The phone was found still on the hook minutes later at the Napa car wash on Main Street in Napa by Kaivon radio detector Pat Stanley, only a few blocks from the sheriff's office, yet 27 miles from the crime scene. Detectives were able to lift a still wet palm print from the telephone, but they were never able to match it to any subject. After hearing the victim scream for help, a man and his son who were fishing in a nearby cove discovered the victims and summoned help from by contacting park rangers. Napa County Sheriff's De Deputies Dave Collins and Ray Land were the first law enforcement officers to arrive at the crime scene. Shepard was conscious when Collins arrived, providing him with a detailed description of the attacker. Hartnell and Shepard were taken to Queen of Valley Hospital in Napa by ambulance. Shepard lapsed into a coma during transport and never regained consciousness. She died two days later. But Hartnell survived to recount his tale to the press. Napa County Detective Ken Narlo, who was assigned to the case to the case from his outside outset, worked on solving the crime until his retirement from the department in 1987. Two weeks later, on October 11, 1969, a white male passenger entered the cab driven by Paul Stein at the intersection of Mason and Gary Streets in San Francisco, requesting to be driven to Washington in Maple Streets in Presidio Heights. Stein drove one block past Maple to Cherry Street. The passenger then shot Stein in the head with a 9mm, took Stein's wallet and car keys, and tore away a section of Stein's bloodstained sh shirt tail. The perpetrator was observed by teenagers across the street at 9.55pm, and they phoned the police while the crime was in process. They observed a man wiping the cab down before walking away toward the Presidio, one block to the north. Two blocks from the crime scene, patrol officers Don Foot something and Eric Selms responded to the call, observing a white man along the sidewalk east on Jackson Street and stepping into a stairway leading up to the front yard of one of the homes on the north side of the street. The encounter, last, the encounter lasted only five to 10 seconds. Dawn estimated the white pedestrian to be 35 to 40 years old, 5'10 with a crew cut, similar to but slightly older than the description provided by the teenagers who observed the killer in and out of Stein's cab. The teenagers described the suspect to be 25 to 30 years old with a crew cut and standing approximately five feet nine to five feet eight to five nine. However, the police dispatcher had alerted officers to look for a black suspect. So Don and Zelms drove past this perp the perpetrator without stopping. The mix-up in descriptions remains unexplained, but no suspects were found. This was the last officially confirmed murder by the Zodiac. The Stein murder was initially believed to be a routine robbery that had escalated into homicidal violence. However, on October 13th, the San Francisco Chronicle received a new letter from Zodiac that claimed credit for the killing and contained torn shirts of Stein's bloody shirt to prove this fact. Three teen witnesses worked with the police <clears throat> with the police artist to prepare a composite sketch of Stein's killer. A few days later, the police artist returned, working with the witnesses to prepare a second composite sketch. Detectives Bill Armstrong and David Tashi, the San Francisco Police Department, investigated an estimated 2,500 2, suspects over a period of years. 
On October 14, 1969, the Chronicle received another letter from the Zodiac, this time containing a swatch of Paul Stein's shirt tail. It also included a threat about killing school children on a school bus. To do this, the Zodiac wrote, just shoot out the front tire and then pick off the kitties as they come bouncing out. At 2 p.m. on October 20, 1969, someone claiming to be the Zodiac called the Oakland Police Department, demanding that one of the two prominent lawyers, F. Lee Bailey or Melvin Belly, appear on AM San Francisco, a talk show on KGO-TV hosted by Jim Dunbar. Bailey was not available, but Belly did appear in the show. Dunbar appealed to the viewers to keep the lines on. Someone claiming to be the Zodiac called several times, and Belly asked the killer for a less ominous name, and the caller picked Sam. The caller said that he would not reveal his true identity as he was afraid of being sent to the gas chamber. Belly arranged a rendezvous to meet the caller outside of a shop on Missouri Mission Street in Daly City, but no one arrived. The call was later chased back to a patient in a mental institution. Investigators concluded that this man was not the Zodiac. On November 8, 1969, Zodiac mailed a card with another cryptogram consisting of 340 characters. The cipher, dubbed Z340, remained unsolved for over 51 years. On December 5, 2020, it was deciphered by an international team of private citizens, including American software engineer David Ornak, Australian mathematician Sam Blake, and Belgian programmer Jarl von Eich. The, the Zodiac denied being the Sam who spoke in the San, AM San Francisco explaining that he was not afraid of the gas chamber because it will send me to paradise all the sooner. The team submitted their findings to the FBI, which verified the discovery. The FBI stated that the decoded message gave no further clues to the identity of the Zodiac. On November 9, 1969, the Zodiac mailed a seven-page letter. Policemen stopped and actually spoke with him three minutes after he shot Stein. Excerpts from the letter were published in the Chronicle on November 12th, including a Zodiac's claim that the same day what had happened on the night of, the, of Stein's murder. On December 20th, 1969, exactly one year after the murders of David and Betty Lou Jensen, the Zodiac mailed a letter to Belly that included another swatch of Stein's shirt. The Zodiac said that he wanted Belly to help him. The Zodiac also has suspected victims, including Christy Hawthorne, Bill, Bill Baker, Kathleen John, Johns, and Donna Ann Lass. The Zodiac continued to communicate with authorities for the remainder of 1970 via letters and greeting cards to the press. In a letter postmarked April 20th, 1970, the Zodiac wrote, My name is blank, followed by a 13-character cipher that hasn't been solved to this day. The Zodiac went on to state that he was not responsible for the recent bombing of the police station in San Francisco. February 18, 1970, death of Sergeant Briggs McDonald, two days after the bombing at Park Station in Golden Gate Park. The letter included, um... The letter included a diagram of the bomb the Zodiac claimed that he would use to blow up a school bus. At the bottom of the diagram, he wrote this little, like, circle cross symbol. Zodiac sent a greeting card postmarked April 28, 1970 to the Chronicle. Written on the card was, I hope you enjoy yourselves when I have my blast, followed by the Zodiac's cross circle signature. On the back of the card, the Zodiac threatened to use the bus bombs, the bus bomb soon. He also wanted to start seeing people wearing... In a letter postmarked June 26, 1970, the Zodiac stated that he was upset that he did not see people wearing Zodiac. He wrote, I shot a man sitting in a parked car with a 38. The Zodiac was possibly referring to the murder of a 25-year-old Sergeant Richard Ray Chiff one week earlier. At 525, Radichit AM on June 16th was part was writing writing a parting ticket writing a parking ticket in his squad car when an assailant unrelated to the traffic violation shot him in the head with a 38 caliber pistol through the closed driver's side window. He died 15 hours later. And the San Francisco Police Department denied that the Zodiac was involved. The case remains unsolved.
Included with the letter was a Phillips 66 roadmap of the San Francisco Bay Area. Diablo, the Zodiac had written across circles similar to those from previous correspondence. After the Lake Tahoe card, the Zodiac remained silent for nearly three years. Chronicle then received a letter from the Zodiac postmarked January 29, 1974, praising The Exorcist as the best satirical comedy that I have ever seen. The letter included a snippet of verse from the Mikado an unusual symbol at the bottom. Zodiac concluded the letter with a new score. Me, 37, SFPD, 0.